The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Chris Crawford, and I am joined today by my friend and colleague, Ryan Boyer. Today is Saturday, April 15th, and today's episode is brought to you by Rival Fantasy. So we're going to take a look at the first two weeks of the season, and on today's shows, we're going to be looking at some players who have gotten off to inauspicious starts to the 2023 campaign, and whether you should remain patient, or maybe whether it's time to move on. But before we do that, right, we got to look at some headlines, and look, I'm biased. I got to talk about Jared Kelnick. Homered in four straight games, and not just homering, destroying baseballs, also doubled. He is currently hitting Ryan. And this is like so uh, warming to my heart. <laughs> 366, 422, 780, four homers, two stolen bases. Like, I, I, I'm not asking if Jared Kelnick can have a 1.203 OPS, <laughs> but I am wondering, Ryan, like just how excited you are from a fantasy perspective about this start from a guy who was one of the top prospects in baseball and now appears to have things clicking. Yeah. I mean, I know it's um, April 15th, but I, I don't think it's too early for the Chris Crawford victory lap on uh, <laughs> Jared Kelnick. Never. Yeah, we've been waiting for it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest, like, when I saw that home run, especially the one at Wrigley, oh. like I didn't, I knew he had power. I did not know sure. he had that kind of power. Like I know yeah. the wind was blowing out. That's true. But too. I mean, like I don't know if you heard the reaction from especially the Cubs broadcasters. I did. Many John Shambi was was just like <laughs> dumbfounded. He's like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't think I've seen a ball hit there before." Oh my gosh, and, man. Yeah, I, I actually saw. Uh, it was funny. That's this is kind of a getting on a tangent here, but I was watching MLB Central and Mark DeRosa, who played it, uh, played with the Cubs for a couple of years. He said the only mm-hmm. other person he's seen hit a ball there. I assume this was during batting practice. Carlos Zambrano. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, like I knew really Carlos Zambrano was an amazing hitter for a pitcher. I didn't know yes. he had that kind of power, but. Anyway, getting back to Kelnick, um, yeah, like, and that wasn't the only one either. I think I looked it up. I can't remember the number exactly, but I think he's averaging like 434 feet per home run or something like that. I mean, these are not 
GPs that he's hitting. Um, and the fourth one yesterday, the four four home runs in four days, like that looked off the bat like a routine fly to me, and then it ended up going like 415 feet or something. So super encouraging. Um, I mean, he's not playing against lefties. I don't. I don't think. Or may, I don't know if he's made a start against lefties. I think he's actually. One of his home runs came against a lefty, but I think he's only he only has like five plate appearances against lefties so far. I'm not sure how the Mariners' schedule has broken down exactly against facing southpaws, but that I mean, if he continues hitting like this, AJ Pollock is a pretty good platoon partner if that's what it's going to be. Sure. So they might stick with that, but I have a feeling if Jared Kelnick continues to hit like this, he's not going to be sitting against anyone. Um. But yeah, I mean, the power is just gorgeous to watch right now. Yeah. He's got some speed. Only thing that holds me back maybe is the lefty thing. Like he's, the counting stats could be held back a little bit in that regard. But yeah, obviously, just an incredibly encouraging what we've seen from him. Yeah, and I will point out too that he did start against a lefty last night. So okay. Austin Austin Gomer, who you know well, uh, Austin uh, Gomber, yeah, oh yeah, that's that that's what the that was the lefty yes. homer. That's that right. was the lefty homer. So he, and okay. he hit sixth, which was interesting to see against the lefty. By the way, Mariners, uh, I love you to death. They're sending it my grandma a bobblehead of Cal Rally, but my one complaint: Why is Cal Rally not in the lineup for your bobblehead night? <laughs> Come on, he can hit oh. left-handed pitching real well. You've got to be in the lineup for that thing. But look, real quick to finish up on Kalnick. It's not just that he's hitting home runs. His average exit velocity is in the 95th percentile. His hard hit mm-hmm. percentage is in the 99th percentile. His expected slugging is literally the best in baseball right now. He's barreling the baseball at the 97th. All those numbers are great, Ryan. The biggest yeah. one for me is his chase rate is in the 79th percentile. We have seen Jared Kelnick swing at horrific pitches for two-plus years. Yep. And look, it is a small sample. It is tax day. I'm sorry to remind everybody of that, but it is tax day. And there's a lot of baseball left to be played, but you can't help but judge what you've seen so far and what you've seen from Jared Kelnick so far has been absolutely sensational. Good um, reminder so- that prospect, uh, the prospects, the progression is not linear. No. We like, to, we like to remind people of that. So, And worth pointing out, too, on MLB.com's top 100 prospects, Jared Kelnick was younger than 20 of them. 20 of them coming into the season. That is yep. just a great point, too, because there is lots of time for Jared Kelnick to keep figuring stuff out. Another guy who looked awfully good to begin the year, Ryan, Jeffrey Springs. is going to miss at least two months, according to Jeff Passan. Um, left on Thursday after three innings and felt the organization's hope is that this was just elbow discomfort and he felt nothing more than irritation, but the MRI changed expectations. Ryan, this is a pretty big bummer for a guy who looked awfully good to me. Yeah, um, huge bummer. I, <laughs> it's funny, well, in hindsight, not as much, but I tweeted out before uh, when they sent uh, Taj Bradley down I was like, don't be surprised if the Rays find an injury and bring him back in yeah. five days to start. And then an hour later or whatever it was, Jeffrey Springs actually got hurt. Uh, yeah, he's been 
just as good and better than what anyone could have hoped following up on that kind of mini, mini breakout, I guess, last year. Um, I think he was ready to take on more of a workload this year. Still, uh, it seems up in the air still what exactly is going to happen with the elbow. Like uh, they are consulting multiple doctors and sounds like surgery might be an option. Um, so we just don't quite know yet. At the very least, he's dealing with, uh, they called it ulnar neuritis. Basically, he's just tingling and numbness and in your hand. But it sounds like something else is going on with the elbow too. So hopefully you can keep him stashed on your IL. Um, you know, in like NFBC leagues where that don't have IL spots, you're you can be forced into some difficult decisions. But yeah, just a bummer about Jeffy Springs. But we do get to see more Taj Bradley, I I assume. I don't I don't think the Rays have confirmed that he's gonna be back up to take that spot, but it would sure be uh likely. It would be easy for him to slide back in, and he looked really good. the The final line in Bradley's first start wasn't great. He ended up getting charged with I think three runs in five innings, but that was toward the towards the tail end of the start, and he had not been built up much pitch wise yet in, in the minors. So I think maybe he probably tired out a little bit. He had like eight strikeouts in those five innings. So encouraged to see what we can get out of out of Taj Bradley. Maybe we can. Look at a little bit of a silver lining there. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's such a bummer with Springs because like a 24 to 4 strikeout to walk ratio in a limited time is 0.56 ERA. He was throwing, like you said, way better than anybody could have possibly expected. Did get to do it against some pretty awful lineups, to be fair, but he looked the part doing it. This yeah. guy has looked the part doing it for a while, and this went from being an uh-oh to maybe a major uh-oh for me. Brandon Woodruff is going to remain shut down while doctors determine how best to proceed with his shoulder injury. Now, Brian, when I read it up reading about the Woodruff injury, it sounded like this was going to be something that was like a minimum stint on the injured list, and it sounds like this is going to be a lot more than an injured, based on what I'm reading right now something a lot more than that keeps him out than 15 days. Yeah, it's it it usually isn't a good sign when a team um has language like uh you know we're consulting multiple doctors and deciding yes. how best to proceed. Yeah. We I mean we don't know yet right. what it's going to entail. Uh, Woodruff correct me if I'm wrong as shoulder issues have been an issue for him at times in the past. I know last year he had the, it's actually similar, I think to what Springs, uh, it was like Raynaud syndrome or something like that. Not quite the same thing as the ulnar neuritis or whatever, but he ended up coming back from that and pitching great down the stretch. So, but yeah, uh, the workload is something that Woodruff is not totally conquered at this point. Um, and it's looking like he might be out a while. Hopefully that will, the news will come out today or tomorrow or whenever, and it'll be better than expected, but not a great sign when they're saying, you know, they're consulting multiple doctors deciding the best, uh, the best route to take. So just fingers crossed for, for Woodruff. 
And the bummer here, too, is not just, you know, that he was out. It's that he was pitching really, really well. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. looking at his Savant page, and everything but hard pit percentages in the red, and 44th percentile there is not exactly getting, you know, lit up like a Christmas tree. And he was getting plenty of whiffs, getting guys to chase. Uh, I will say that rotation spot, whoever they fill it with, is not too intriguing to me at this point. Um at some point, Robert Gasser would be somebody I would look at mm-hmm. if this is a long-term thing as somebody who has Ethan Small uh, of somebody in our chat asked if he would add Ethan Small. Swing and miss stuff is great. His command is so awful that I can't trust him. I just can't. It might be somebody who I would consider in a real deep league adding to my bench and seeing if he does throw strikes. But at every level, Ethan Small has put up like a... 10.5 strikeout strikeout rate and a five point walk rate. And those two yeah. things, you know, you can deal with, the, you can obviously deal with the strikeouts. They're great, but he does so much self-inflicted damage that I just don't think that that's uh yeah. And he is pitching in relief at this point, but if he does get a chance to um, start in the long term, there's a chance for success. I can't trust him right now in the, uh, in the short term, and yeah. I just figured out how to hit the hide button on the stream yard again. It's been a while since <laughs> I've hit that button, Ryan. Uh, other uh, interesting headline here. So everybody, I think, was on the Von Grisham hype train uh, coming into the year. At, at least I was a little bit. Had some defensive issues in spring training. Doesn't make the team. Orlando Arcia, who is a very good defender, ends up being the starting shortstop for Atlanta. Arcia is now on the injured list. Von Grisham is back. Ryan, if Von Grisham is still available in fantasy leagues, is he somebody you're running to pick up? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we we saw the upside with him last year. He, he struggled a bit down the stretch. Um, but, I mean, for a guy as young as he is, I, I think maybe he's 22. Maybe he's still 21. Still 22. Uh, 22. Skipping over AAA and... I don't, he didn't have that many games under his belt at double A, I don't think, when he came up to the majors. And to look as good as he did, super impressive stuff. I mean, his numbers in, in Gwinnett this year were phenomenal. OPS over 1,000. I think he had a home run, a stolen base, and more more walks than strikeouts. So the bat is uh, very encouraging. Um, he can run a little bit. He's got a frying pan for a glove. <laughs> um, not uh, he's passable. I think probably defensively they, I know he's been working with Ron Washington, but we'll see how long, uh, RC, winds up being sidelined. He's got like a micro fracture in his wrist. Um, yet another injury that we're talking about that we we're not sure exactly how long he's going to be sidelined yet, but it sounds like multiple weeks at minimum. I know, uh, one of the uh, Braves beat writers mentioned that Nick Castellanos had a similar injury and missed, I think, four weeks or so. Uh, but his was to his top hand, and this is to uh, RC's bottom hand. I, I assume the bottom hand would be more of an issue, uh, cause it to maybe a longer term stint. Um, but we just don't know yet. It's possible Vaughn Grissom takes the job and, and runs with it, though. He, he certainly has that that skill set. Um, someone in the chat here is saying two months on RC. I don't know if that's a guess or if they had released something new. Um, mm. 
but I could see a, a stint that long on the injured list. Sure. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Grissom, uh, but yeah, Grissom is certainly, certainly because of that upside that he displayed last year, both from a, a power and a, and a speed perspective, I think is worth uh, scooping up in any, any leagues where he might be available. Yeah. I think it's pretty easy to forget that a 792 OPS for a guy who played less than 30 games at double a for a, you know, a more than a playoff contender, a playoff baseball team is pretty darn impressive. I, there are flaws with Von Grisham to be sure, but Mm -hmm. the biggest flaw is that he's not related to Marquise. I I, I just don't understand how that's possible. (laughs) How, 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 how is this? How is that? It's a bummer. Name? Yeah, it is a bummer for sure. I mean, um, if he if he were related to Marcus Grissom, though, you, I assume he would be playing for the Blue Jays, though. That's what they just hoard former big league. Uh, they really do. They really, really yeah. do. Uh, guy who's off to a pretty nice start here, Ryan, uh, and a couple of homers last night. Roddy Torres, uh, now up to five homers on the season in his 12 games. That puts him on a uh, right around a 75 homer pace. Obviously, that is very sustainable. No, uh, but hitting just 214 with a 300 OPS, or excuse me, a 300 on base percentage, it would be very hard to have a 300 OPS with five homers at this point in the season. That is just some math for you. I think you've been a pretty big fan of Teles for a little bit, Ryan. I could be wrong. And how encouraged are you by this start? Yeah, I think he's got the two homer game last night. He's got four home runs over his last four games. Um. He's been, he was a guy, not only did I believe that the power breakout last year was for real, he wound up with 35 home runs last year. Um, I thought he could be a guy who benefited more than most from the shift restrictions. Sure. The average has not been great so far, but his expected batting average per baseball savant is like more than 50 points higher. So maybe there's some positive regression due, due in that regard. He's probably never going to be a average asset, but I could see him hitting 250 and hitting 30 plus bombs again, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think as you mentioned, he's on like a 75 homer pace or whatever it is. Probably not going to keep that up, but and you know they got a kind of a natural platoon there with Luke Voigt. Uh, so Telez is, I think he's. 0 for 6 so far against lefties so far this year. Mm-hmm. That's going to keep his counting stats down a little bit. Um, if he played a little bit more, he could easily get to 100 RBI. He'll probably fall short of that because he's not going to not going to play a, a ton against lefties. But right, I believe in the power, and I think the average could be uh, at least passable for uh, Rowdy Tulas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a extremely flawed baseball player, both real life and fantasy. But it's certainly possible with that guy's power. And, you know, he is a big man who needs a big cereal. There's no doubt about it that he has the potential to have that 40 to 50 homer season. Based on what we've seen so far, it looks like that could be coming this year. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to be taking a look at some players who have gotten off to some slow starts and we'll offer our level of concern about them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, head-to-head player challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, daily fantasy baseball has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings, but if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com/signup and use code RotoWireMLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. And Ryan, we got to talk about Vivid Seats. Baseball is back, swinging into the MLB season with Vivid Seats and score tickets to all of the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, and every heart-pounding double play of your favorite team live and in person. Plus, with Vivid Seat Rewards, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets, then simply cash in your credit towards your 11th ticket purchase today. It's that easy. Pro reward tip. Buy tickets for your whole group, 
split the bill, and make progress towards your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. See VividSeats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. Ryan, that's a good... I've never thought about the group thing. Like, if you've got a group of, like, 11 to 12 people or something like that, if you just use that, that's like taking that bill, like, in half. Or, like, not in half. I'm very good at math this morning. <laughs> Can't you tell? But it's, like, it's a, it's such a substantial difference by using something like that. Yeah, let's get on that. Yeah. Let's get, well, a, group, let's get a group together. You know, the Cardinals play Seattle uh, this weekend. Um, it, it may be a little too late to work out travel plans, and I think we might have to work. Uh, I know one of us definitely has to work over the weekend, and that one person is Mr. Christopher Crawford. But it would be a lot of fun. We could finally settle the debate. What's worse, Seattle Dogs or St. Louis Pizza? I like my chances. Let's take a look at some players who are off to some poor starts, and let's start with some hitters, Ryan. I'm going to start with a little weird one, and I'll t- say this. We're not talking about – like Alex Bregman's start is obviously concerning for somebody who drafted drafted him in the top 40 picks. But we're not talking about guys like that per se. We are talking more about guys who are on the fringe, not necessarily um, even like guys on your bench. Maybe you're starting a few of these guys who have gotten off to poor starts and whether you're looking to either cut bait or trade. And let's start with Salvador Perez, which is a weird one for me because, look, catcher position is getting better it's still not that deep but i look at what perez has done so far and i look at what his flaws last year too ryan but off to a 216 245 373 start with just the two homers just the two homers he's still on pace for like 25 uh six rbi nine to one strikeout to walk ratio which is good for a pitcher and not so good for a hitter how concerned are you by salvador perez's poor start um, not really. Um, you know, the, he's not hitting the ball nearly as hard as we're used to what we've seen him, especially a couple of years ago that just post elite exit velos. That's hasn't been the case so far this year. The launch angle I've noticed is way up. He's always been a fly ball hitter and now he's, it's been like extreme, extreme. I wonder if he's just trying to murder every pitch and is just it's not working out uh but i'm gonna fall back on the track record with him still um i mean i i think he's coming into the season and still is the best bet of any catcher to lead the position in home runs and rbi um part of that is g the track record that i mentioned and also he just plays so much so you're going to have some – the play discipline has always been terrible with Salvador Perez. You're going to have some some peaks and valleys, but I think he's I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, I think he's probably going to be fine to an extent. I will say this. If I could trade him and get – like, for instance, if somebody offered me a solid starting pitcher in Cal Rally for Salvador Perez, I'm jumping on it. Because I think Rally has a chance to put up similar power potential and a better average. And uh, also, I like the lineup protection better, too. And that does matter in fantasy. Like, that Kansas City lineup, I love Bobby Wood Jr. I love Vinny Pasquantino. 
I love absolutely nothing else. <laughs> it is really hard to watch right now. And it's to be fair, they have faced actually some pretty good pitching to begin the year. Like Minnesota's starting staff has been unreal and they obviously held them to i believe negative six runs is how many runs minnesota or kansas city scored in that first series but yeah like obviously you're not dropping him and in a two catcher league if you play in those just stop it stop making stop enabling two catcher leagues folks uh but if you are playing in something like that obviously you're not dropping him i would be looking for upgrades if you because there's a good chance if you drafted salvador perez like top 60, top 75 pick, you were probably relying on him to be a pretty nice offensive thing. I, I, I'm not panicking by any stretch of the imagination, but I worry about how many games he's played over his career. I'm worried about that approach. He's going to go through stretches like this, Ryan, where he is just not that guy. So I, I, I'm not like panicking, panicking. I'm talking myself around this thing, Ryan. I, I, I am concerned. I am concerned about Salvador Perez, but I don't know. I really don't know. The, the catchers scare the crap out of me. But like as they age, Ryan, they just seem to have. He's got a lot of wear on those on those tires. That's for sure. He, re- he really does. And it's funny. Like I look at Salvador Perez and I think, oh man, in year forty five, he still looks pretty good. But then you look at his age, and he's still still a pretty darn young guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that'll be an interesting one to keep following. Teoscar Hernandez has not gotten off to a very good start, Ryan. But I think we're gonna, both going to be on the same page with this one. He's hitting 236, 288, 436. He does have the three homers, one stolen base, one caught stealing. The 1 to 16 strikeout to walk ratio and as a guy who watches a lot of the Mariners, his approach at the plate has just been awful and it's it's been an issue for him in the past too. Like this sure. is a guy who has never walked more than 45 times in a season. But this to me is the type of guy that you're absolutely staying patient with, right? Oh yeah, we're doing we're doing patience with uh Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, the yeah. batted ball data looks looks good. Um, expected batting average of 291 versus the 236. He's actually batting. He's he's generally been a pretty slow starter in his career. Um, career OPS in April of 778. Career OPS in May of 676. All the other four months, the lowest OPS he's put up is 814. So, oh wow. Yeah, so he's generally gets off to. I think last year he actually got off to a really good start in April and then tanked in May. But over the course of his career, he's a guy who's been better during those warmer months. So, you know, going from Rogers Center to uh, what are we calling Seattle's ballpark now? T Mobile, we're, we're calling it that, but we're not actually calling it okay. That. Yeah, that's a downgrade, but I yeah. he has enough raw power and especially the way the ball has been playing so far this year. I, I, I'm not too worried about the ballpark downgrade for him. I think Teoscar is going to be fine. Yeah. Look, this is what you get with Teoscar Hernandez because the approach is so poor. You're going to have streaks where he like will almost single-handedly win you a week. And there are going to be stretches where you wish you had just left the lineup spot blank because he's going to rely on Babbage. He's going I would have liked to have seen him start running a little more. He's probably got to get on base a little bit more in order to actually start running. But would help. like it's it's yeah, that would help. It's funny too, like that home run that Kelnick hit to center field. The play before that, Oscar Hernandez absolutely destroyed a baseball into left field, and nobody talked about it because Jared Kelnick like hit the longest home run in Statcast history in Wrigley Field. 
I just wanted to talk about Jerry Kelnick once again. Jeremy Pena, real bad start. 203, 277, 373. Does have the pair of homers. 17 to 4 strikeout to walk ratio. A guy who dealt with real patience issues after a real hot start uh, in 2022. And then, of course, a real hot end was like the Astros' best player, wins World Series MVP there. But this has not been a particularly impressive start. And I'll be honest, Ryan, I am concerned about Jeremy Pena. How about you? Yeah, this is the this is the first one where I'm I would lean more if if you're asking for a definitive answer between patience or pass, I would lean more towards pass. Um the play discipline, as you mentioned, not great. He's began the season batting leadoff. He's been moved down to the sixth spot in the lineup. He actually yeah. hit seventh. Friday Um, exit velocity so far this season, 86.3, really bad strikeouts are up. You know, he's, I think the only red in his stack ass page right now is his sprint speed. I I think he's still going to provide some, some stolen bases and he's going to hit some home runs, but Mm -hmm. you know, uh, he, he wound up with an average of like 252 or something like that. 254 last year. I would take the under on that for 2023. Um, for uh, Roto Leagues, I think he's still going to be fine to roster mm-hmm. um, because he's going to provide a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. But, you know, he's already been moved down to the lower in the lineup, as I mentioned, and the Astros are due to get Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley back at some point. So, Probably not going to be moving back up in that lineup. The counting stats are going to be going to suffer as a result. Um, so I think Pena is certainly still roster rosterable in deeper leagues, but I'm not super optimistic that he's going to build on last year's numbers. Yeah, I'm. I, I am concerned here, and uh, I think the fact that he moved down in the lineup is probably the biggest one for me because the counting stats are just going to be down and look the patience at the plate has been better but keep in mind what we're talking about here with better this was a guy who walked in the fourth percentile in 2022 he's up to the 29th percentile in 2023 and it's worth pointing out that that has not come with a real increase in chase rate or if it has it's been very small Chase rate was in the 8th percentile in 2022. It's in the 11th percentile in 2023. This guy's just too aggressive a hitter and not talented enough, all due respect to him, to make – this is not the Javi Baez of 2017, 2018, where it doesn't matter what he swings at. He's going to kill the baseball. That's not him. He's always going to have real-life value because his defense is good. I don't give a crap what Savant tells me defensively right now. That is one of the best – defensive shortstops in baseball and he's always going to be because he's an extremely good athlete but unless he's hitting near the top of that order and getting a chance to drive in like when jose altuve comes back and stuff like that that's not interesting to me it's there are just too many the shortstop position has not been great this year ryan by any stretch of the imagination but there are too many options right now for me to have him as my starting shortstop do i think you could justify him as like a starting middle infielder right now yeah, probably, just because, again, the dearth of position. But I would be looking to upgrade if he's my starting shortstop and even if he's my starting middle infielder. Hey, let's talk about another catcher for the Kansas City Royals because that's uh, that's just what we're going to do today, Ryan. MJ Melendez, who I thought was pretty darn impressive, actually, in his rookie season. 
the numbers have been kind of um, terrible. 196, 302, 348, just the one homer and 53 plate appearances. But I think as you're going to tell us, Ryan, this has been one of the most unlucky hitters in baseball. Don't presume to know what I'm going to tell you. (laughs) This is all going to be a surprise to you. I am the only one who has access to this information. So this this is going to blow your mind. No, actually, I must give credit to um, our former colleague at our last place, Mr. Matthew Pouliot, who tweeted out something on uh, about Melinda's yesterday that caught my eye. And those numbers have changed a little bit with one more game added to the added to those to those totals. But he is, as you mentioned, just been extremely unlucky. Ninety-eight miles per hour is his average exit velocity right now. Ninety-eight, not his max exit velo, his average. Yeah, only Matt Chapman's is higher among qualifiers. Sixty-eight percent hard hit rate leads all of Major League Baseball. Just insane numbers. 24% barrel rate. He's got an expected batting average of 258. Not great, but compared to his actual 196 average, pretty big difference there. Even more stark contrast here. Expected slugging percentage, 597 as compared to his actual slugging percentage of 348. So... Just the guy who's due for some major positive regression. Um, strikeouts are an issue for him. They have yep. been this year as well. Um, I, I'm not counting on that. You know, I mentioned that he had a expected batting average of 258. I would, I would be thrilled if he gets to that number. I don't. I'm not expecting that to happen. But the power is due to just majorly rebound and i also have a i've always had an affinity for catchers who don't catch very much yes like for fantasy purposes that's yep. I, I, I i always go back to remember craig wilson from the pirates i sure do <laughs> uh i remember that one that one season where he had catcher eligibility i think he actually he caught exactly 20 games the season before and then that, I don't even remember what year it was. It had to be like 2003 or something like that. And then he hit like 290 with 25 bombs, and it was just amazing. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm that, going on a little bit of a tangent here, but... No, that's okay. I love tangents yeah. because, um, <laughs> look, um, I also have to – I will say I just got distracted by something I just saw on Twitter that I will bring up in just one sec. But, um, yeah, I will say this. Melendez – really struggling with fastballs. And it was something that I was looking at the other day. Somebody was asking me how the heck he has these numbers. He's faced 67 four-seam fastballs, Ryan, 19 plate appearances. He has zero hits. He has zero slugging percentage. He is whiffing on four-seam fastballs on 52% of his swings. That seems a tad high. That's a pretty high. It's a 47.4% K rate against him. His expected batting average against sinkers is 562. His expected batting average against changeups is 455. His expected batting average against curveballs is 319. His expected batting average against sliders is, you know, not very good, 145. It's 106 against four seamers. So I do wonder if pitchers maybe are attacking him a certain way 
more often than not. And that's when one of the reasons why we've seen that, but there's just been way too much hard contact. And, you know, when he hits at the top of the lineup, we, we talk about the fact you know, that we don't love that Kansas city lineup, but getting a chance to be driven in by th- uh, three of those guys that we mentioned, isn't such a bad thing. So what distracted me on Twitter here, Ryan, the angels have called up Zach Nito, their first round pick last year. They sent David Fletcher down. Huh. I got to tell you, I'm interested in Nito because of one thing. I actually do kind of like the Los Angeles lineup a lot more than I did before. This is a very aggressive assignment. A guy who literally was their first round pick last year has not played in AAA, but really impressed and talked to a bunch of scouts. Um, I think this is an interesting play. I'll make you off the cuff tell you if you're interested in him and especially in like an AL only or a, a format that can afford a little bit wider pool. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. That, where was he playing this? Was he a double a, he was a start- trash Panda baby, double trash- a rocket city. Panda. Yeah. I, I know he, I remember you, you, you would know better about this than me, but like during the draft season last year, um, reading and hearing a lot of, about people talking about how he's uh, was a really good get at that point in the draft for yes, the, for 100%. the angels. And by the way, had a, has a high fantasy ceiling. I think he's got some power and some speed, a good, mm-hmm. super good athlete. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would, I, is he going to, I assume he's going to play every day I mean, really that, weird if he didn't wouldn't it like if yeah. you're calling up somebody from double a by the way real quick on his profile so he was at campbell which is not exactly a baseball powerhouse mm-hmm. and if he played for usc or the other usc south carolina or somewhere like that he's probably a top five pick but because he did play in you know a league that the big south is not exactly a baseball utopia and real quick his stats in 2023 it's just seven games but he went 12 for 27 444 559 815 with three homers and three stolen bases over seven games yes it is double a and it is facing off against um a lot of roster fodder but that's pretty darn impressive, Ryan. And he's a guy who held his own in what we saw during the Cactus League. I remember writing up a couple of updates about doing well. I'm excited for this. I will also caution that, look, it is a rookie shortstop playing in the AL West, going to face, you know, other than AA Midland, a.k.a. Oakland, he's going to face some tough competition in there. I think Zach Nito might already be the best Oakland athletic, if I really think about it, like, too hard. That, that just – it. That's that's Absolutely. not a high bar to clear, no. Mr. Crawford. No, but yeah, I will say this. I, if you're playing in a league and you're looking for some middle infield alternatives, that's an interesting one. If you're listening to this live, maybe go get them on your league right now. Let's talk about some pitchers. And Ryan, I think this one's going to hurt you because we're going to start with nope. Sale. Sale has been really bad, Ryan. Sale has been really, really, really bad and 11.25 era over his three starts does have 19 strikeouts but he also has seven walks the fip suggests that it has not been just entirely bad luck with an fip of 7.62 ryan i'm not asking if you're cutting chris sale right now but if somebody's offering you a decent trade 
or he's facing against the top line. Like you've got to be at least a little bit concerned about Chris Sale right now, right? Yeah, I mean, you would be you would be silly not to have some level of concern. Um, you know, eleven point two five ERA, as you mentioned, he's already given up five home runs. The control has been terrible, but. 19 strikeouts, velocity has been fine. Swinging strike rate has been fine. Let me read you off these numbers. Please do. BABIP of 406. Ooh. Yeah, a little, little unlucky there. 52.6% strand rate. So basically anybody who gets on base is scoring against him. 41.7% home run to fly ball rate. So... More than two out of every fly balls he allows are leaving the park. Um, I just think that this is a guy who has hardly pitched for three years and is still searching for his command. Uh, Maybe it's I'm going to end up looking dumb for that take. It's certainly possible. It would not be the this might be shocking to you that it would not be the first time I've been (laughs) wrong about something. Uh, but I, st- <laughs> I still have some faith in Chris Sale. Like I, you can't put him in your lineup right now. Like I would be. He he actually is a maybe he's not a two start pitcher anymore because they're gonna he was supposed to start Monday and now they're gonna bring up Brian Bayo instead. So I don't know. If, I'm not sure if he's a two start pitcher next week or not. But you know, I, keep him on your bench and hope that the command gets better. I think it will. There's just like, he's still the rare occurrences when he's been healthy the last couple of years, he's still pitched. Well, mm-hmm. like stuff is not peak Chris sale anymore. But as I mentioned, like he's shown without premium velocity that he can still make it work. It's just such an odd um, arm angle he comes from and you know he can be extremely hard to hit even if he's not hitting 97 regularly like I I I really think it's a guy that's searching for his command still because he's just been so he's just rusty he's hardly pitched I, I don't know what the workload's going to look like I don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy but I'm I remain pretty confident that when he's on the mound over the long haul, he's still going to be pretty effective. Yeah, and I think he's probably going to be fine too. But I do have some concerns here, and I will say this. If he was the guy that you drafted as like – if you're somebody who like kind of ignored pitching and he was drafted as your like SP2 or SP3, you got to be looking to upgrade immediately, like immediately. His stats for his fastball, we just went over like how – uh, MJ Melendez is my, my SP2 virtually like everywhere. By oh, the way. buddy, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah, you'll be fine probably. But let me tell you why you probably may not be fine. Probably may not be fine. That's an interesting way to put it. Forcing <laughs> fastballs, Ryan. Expected batting average of 0.499. Expected slugging percentage of 1.091. Expected weighted on base average of point. 669. That is not a nice stat there, Ryan. Brian, Ryan, 669. Hard hit percentage of 75th percentile. 
Hitters have also hit his uh, sinker pretty well, expected slugging of 533. I almost wonder if you have to consider, if you're the Red Sox, like moving this guy to a multi-inning relief type role for a little bit. But the problem there is then you're not building up his stamina. So you're kind of danged if you do, danged if you don't. While you're waiting, I'm probably leaving him out of my fantasy lineup. I need to see Chris Sale have a five-inning, eight-strikeout outing where he gives up two runs or fewer before I go, okay, this is going to be just fine. But, like, look, it, this is not – it's been a little bit of bad luck because he is missing plenty of bats. But it's not just that. He's giving up plenty of hard contact to go along with it. Let's talk about another hard thrower who throws literally harder than everybody, Hunter Green. So Hunter Green has been pretty bad in his three starts as well, 14 innings. Now, he does have 23 strikeouts, but he also has a 5.14 ERA, a 1.64 whip, and he plays for the Cincinnati Reds, which is not necessarily, Ryan, the greatest uh, win chance opportunity per se. How concerned are you by Hunter Green, or are you still optimistic going forward? Or if you're, I don't even, not even still may not be right. You may not have been optimistic at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I still like Hunter Green a lot. Like Good. his last start, um, I'm going to be interested to see the pitch breakdown going forward with him. You know, he upped his slider usage in his last start and had 10 strikeouts and 21 whiffs. Um, because the fastball for as hard as he throws, and he throws very hard, has been pretty hittable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his best recipe is to at least the slider usage like be on par with the four-seamer usage if he wants to cash in on all the that swing and miss upside. And I think for a – I mean, there's certainly injury and workload concerns with him, just a – you know, a, a guy that's that young and throws that hard, he's auto- automatically going to have some injury concerns built in. So I, I don't know what a workload per- perspective is going to look for from him, but from an, just a per innings basis, like maybe Spencer Strider's got a higher upside from a strikeouts perspective, but I think Green is in that conversation. Sure. Um, you know, it's 5.14 ERA, but a 2.51 FIP right now. Um, as you mentioned, he pitches for the Reds. The wins are going to be a concern. The win potential, he's, I believe he's zero and zero so far. Only got like five wins last year, but I think the strikeout potential is still elite. Um, especially in leagues where, uh, like I'm in the, the Yahoo friends and family league with, uh, that Scott Pianowski puts on and, there's an innings cap in that league. Like he's going to have a lot of value in a league like that to where you need, you need a lot of strikeout bang for your buck. And I think he's still going to provide that. Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I'm a huge Hunter Green fan, especially in the long term, because like he's such a sharp kid and like, again, elite athleticism worth pointing out a lot of people forget this guy would have been probably a top 15 pick as a shortstop coming out of high school not too many people you can say that about um my concern with him is because he is basically a two-pitch pitcher that there are going to be those starts that just frustrate the heck out of you because if if 
if one of those offerings isn't working or heaven forbid, both of them aren't working, he can't rely. I think he's thrown a total of five changeups this year, Ryan, which is not a total that suggests. And it's weird because it was a pitch that I think she showed real promise with as the minors, but clearly not something that he has a ton of comfort with right now. Be prepared to take some bitter with the better, maybe against real patient lineups, somebody that you consider sitting, but you definitely have to have them because this literally could be the guy who leads the league in strikeouts. It would not shock me one bit if he ended up being there, and you're certainly not dropping the strikeout leader. Uh, Blake Snell, my uh, Shorewood buddy who has never met me and has never heard of me, but we'll call him my buddy anyway. 6.92 ERA over his three starts. He's striking out more guys than he is innings pitched, but some of that is because he's just not getting many innings pitched. He's only thrown 13 he has a reprehensible whip of 2.15. Ryan, we've been burnt by Blake Snell in the past, and we have also seen that like when he's at his best, he is awfully good. How concerned are you by Blake Snell over this very poor start? I mean, it's really just about what your expectations are, I think. Mm. Like, if you're expecting a guy to give an ERA in between three and a half and four with a whole bunch of strikeouts, then he can do that. But if you're expecting a guy that taking the numbers from last year and just extrapolating that over 32 starts, then that's not the guy that you're going to get. Right. I don't know if you saw in his last start that he, he basically blamed Pitchcom for his, for his struggles. I sure Apparently did. he was – trying to press slider on Pitchcom and pressed a different button or something and then decided because the, the pitch clock was running down that he was just going to throw this pitch anyway. And I don't know. It just seems. Yes. I, I don't know. Yes. Specious yeah. argument to be sure. Uh, and it yeah, really doesn't matter what button you're hitting, Ryan, when you're walking 15.2% of your hitters, by the way. Right. Like he, and that's, by the way, that last start was his longest of the season so far at five innings. So, yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, look, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you just because we want to move on to, to a couple more guys. But look, I think Blake Snell will probably end up being a, a fine starting option. He's probably the one person that we've talked about so far that I would actually be okay, like flat out dropping because there are some good starting pitching options and there is a risk to me that like Blake Snell can do more harm than good. Like when he's at his worst, he can be an absolute guy. And, you know, I'd probably be looking to trade him at this point, like in a fantasy league. Um, you're certainly not selling at his highest value. But when Blake Snell is like this, it's so bad. It is. I've, I've been burnt before, Ryan. I have been burnt before by the Blake Snell train. I was Man. so excited about him uh, after that. I believe it was the Cy Young year. I can never remember anything at this point. But he was. if he didn't win it, he was certainly in the conversation. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, he did. Yeah. It's like, and again, his whiff percentage is great. His fastball velocity is fine. He's getting plenty of extension on his pitches, but he's so inefficient. And for a Padres team that needs to win this year, they, I don't think that they're going to have a ton of patience with him. He's certainly going to stay in the rotation, but you're going to get these three, four inning starts. And that is going to become borderline useless in fantasy baseball. And, uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I would absolutely, if he's on my roster right now, be looking to make a trade and try to get some help other places, maybe get a couple of depth pieces. 
Uh, Ryan Lance Lynn, a former St. Louis Cardinal, a uh, guy who has I was actually pretty excited about based on what I saw from uh, the World Baseball Classic. He was the one starting pitcher for Team USA who actually looked like they were pretty good. Has not necessarily translated over into the regular season. Over three starts, he has a 7.31 ERA over 16 innings. Is missing bats. I think that's been the kind of the... uh, the one carryover for all of these pitchers is that they are putting up the strikeouts. He has 21 in 16 innings. He's also allowed 19 hits and 13 runs. He's allowed six homers over those three starts. How concerned are you by Lance Lynn? Uh, not really. Like, I mean, six home runs over the 16 innings. Like, that's that's just not going to be sustainable. He's ne- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he had one eight earned run outing. Um, but, you know, last time out, 10 strikeouts, zero walks. In two of his three starts, he's had at least 16 whiffs. So, like, it's still in there. Like, we've seen this from – I feel like Lance Lynn is – I don't want to compare him to Blake Snell because the peaks and valleys are not like that. But Lynn can be prone to these occasional blow-up starts sure. from time to time they're just usually not as extreme as like Blake Snell. And he's usually going to give you innings regardless, unlike Snell. But Lynn is a guy, I think that you just got to stick him in your lineup. And by the end of the year, I think the numbers are going to be there. Uh, You know, he's had, because he relies on his fastball so much, Mm -hmm. if he doesn't have the, you know, just great command with it in a particular start, it's, he can get hit hard. Uh, but he's going to give strikeouts. He's going to, he's a great bet for workload. Um, I think the White Sox are going to be pretty good. Uh, pretty decent bet for wins. I, I think Lance Lynn's going to be, going to be fine. Yeah. My main thing here is that Lance Lynn hasn't had a walk rate above nine since 2018, and it is there. He just doesn't have the best command right now. There's too much of a track record of Lance Lynn being just fine throwing strikes. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, I don't love necessarily the parks that he's going to be pitching in, especially at home. But there's too much of a track record here. And uh, like he did look good this spring. And I can't completely ignore that. Just off to a little bit of a poor start. Not moving on here. Ryan, why don't you close this out? I talked about a former Cardinal. Um, Why don't you talk about a Cardinal? current cardinal in uh uh just talk about him (laughs) (laughs) mr miles michaelis yes yeah 10.05 era over his first three starts he's given up 29 hits in 14 and a third innings that's a lot it is a lot um and i will say um he is the type of guy who could be hurt by the shift restrictions mm-hmm. um, because he doesn't miss a ton of bats. He's actually, you know, striking out, I think a little over a batter printing so far this year, but you know, he, he pitches to contact a lot and um, the shift restrictions, I think could hurt a guy like that more than most, but you know, you look at the matchups he's had so far versus Toronto versus Atlanta at Colorado stuff that's a pretty tough way to get out of the gate you know he's he's been a guy who's just um 
he's made his money on throwing strikes and being good at suppressing hard contact, but mm-hmm. and he's still throwing strikes. He but he's not getting that poor contact right now. Um, I think I think it'll it'll come to him. Yeah. I, again, I think this is a little bit of a what are your expectations? Uh, Michaelis is not going to be a guy to help you much like unlike these other guys in this category that we've talked about is not going to be a strikeout asset, but I think that I'm going to bet on the track record. I'm going to bet on the Cardinals, good offense and good defense behind him. He's going to give, give you a pretty good workload. He's one of the, one of the few pitchers who got 200 innings last year um, because he pitches deep into games and because he throws strikes and has a good defense behind him, good offense behind him. I think he's going to be a good bet for wins you know, the ceiling is a, a certain level that's not super high. Right. But I think for what you drafted Miles Michaelis for, I think there's still a good chance he's going to provide that for you. So I don't know if you remember this, Ryan, but when we did our whip preview, I mentioned Miles Michaelis as a guy that I was Oh, I, oh I remember. Yeah. I, and, believe you, uh, I believe you trashed his mustache too. I did trash his mustache. Well, I more praised Dylan Cease's mustache than necessarily <laughs> trashed his, to be fair. Yeah, so there's this thing we like to call confirmation bias, and we can certainly have it over three starts. I'll just say that my concerns have not been dissuaded over Miles Michaelis. This is a guy who right now is in the bottom two percentile in expected batting average and the bottom seventh percentile in expected ERA. Like, he's throwing plenty of strikes. uh, Only the three walks based on ball percentage is in the 83rd percentile. Still gets pretty good spin on the fastball the stuff just isn't very good. It's not. And he's going to have to roll. Yeah. And you bring up a great point too, with the Cardinals defense being good, but you bring up a great point too, with the fact that the shift is limited now, like this is not somebody who's going to get those ground balls in that second base hole. Those are hits now. And I do think that I, I probably wouldn't have drafted Michaelis in the first place. If I'm just being completely honest with you, I, I, I was impressed with what I saw for a lot of 2022, but there were some red flags to me. And you know, it's interesting too, that the, with that contract extension, he's going to get plenty of chances to stick in that rotation for a couple of reasons. One, cause he's making a lot of money. And two, I don't know if there's a whole of hell of a lot of options, except for Ryan. I will say Matthew Libertor has looked great and hitting Big time fastball velocity, which is awesome to see. He might be somebody oh, I'd be looking to up. pick up. Yeah, I would definitely be, but uh, like in a deeper league, I'd probably maybe consider uh, if a deep bench picking him up now because I'd rather have him now than wait. And then when he gets to call up, you know, you have to waste a whole bunch of fab. I, but I, long story short, Miles Michaelis, I am concerned. I am definitely concerned, and I hope I'm wrong, Ryan, because I'd love your St. Louis Cardinals to uh, go to the World Series and make everybody happy, but I'm not so sure if it will be because of him. Uh, that's going to do it for us. I'm sorry to end on a negative note, Ryan. Thanks again to our sponsor, Rival Fantasy. You can follow me on Twitter at Crawford underscore MILB, and you can follow Ryan at Ryan P. Boyer. Please make sure and hit like and subscribe, and remember – We have a new episode coming out every single day during the 2023 season. Drew Silva and I will be back tomorrow and we'll see you guys soon. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.